Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Yet another critically important conversation on sales today. Very much looking forward to it. I'm joined this morning by Ali Mirza. He's the president of Rose Garden Consulting. Ali, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Good morning to you as well. Yeah, it's good to have you. Thanks for carving out some time to join me. I appreciate you uh, making yourself available for this uh, critically important conversation. We have a lot to talk about, but before we do that, Let's take care of some admin here. Remind the audience a bit about you and your background. Well, I'm your stereotypical sales guy. Kind of fell right into it. Started selling at about the age of 18. Sold cars for the first little bit. Did not do very well at it. Kind of took a little bit of break. Was at school. Then I started selling insurance, and it just kind of took off from there. Something just clicked in my head. Sold insurance for about three years, roughly and then decided to transition away from that and start up Rose Garden Consulting and never looked back since then, just love sales training at this point. What clicked in your head? What, what was the change? The change was, I would have to say, I stopped overthinking everything and overanalyzing and just was myself. And I think really further to that just was having a conversation with people rather than trying to sell them. And, and it sounds funny, but that was probably the best sales skill that I learned. You know, it's to me, it's that simple because I, I came to that same realization over over time, and and, and it's I, I don't know what it is, Ali, but I, it, it's such a simple concept, but yet people so complicate this process. Well, I, I think that they put a lot of pressure on themselves, and really, a lot of sales managers and sales trainers put a lot of pressure on people to acquire certain verbiage or a certain tone, and and then they really get away from being themselves. You know, that that's that's what I think is. Mis- typically mistake number one in sales training. You know, you, you have to motivate and encourage people to be themselves. And once you start having a conversation, the same way that you would have a conversation at a backyard barbecue where your friend tells you that, you know, so, so-and-so is the best quarterback and you start, you know, just having the conversation and arguing and debating with them, if you put yourself in that mindset, you have a much higher chance of closing your prospect versus if you're trying to follow all these awkward steps and you're not even paying attention to what your prospect is saying they're a human they're a human yes. being they're they're not a line item in a crm database they're not a, a robot they're they're i don't know why that's such a hard concept for so many people to grasp i'm getting ahead of myself you did mention rose garden consulting give us a quick overview of how you guys serve your market so we serve our market in primarily two ways the first one is that we're, we're sales trainers so we'll come in We'll train your staff, we'll develop a program for them and really just move the needle forward regardless of where they are, whether they're entry level or they're highly skilled. Uh, I'm a firm believer in you know training, retraining and constantly training because if, you know, it's like a razor. You can have the sharpest razor in the world, but if you don't hone it and sharpen it, it'll eventually dull out. So it is a skill that you always have to practice and, and, and keep on top of. So that's the one way we do it. And then the other way is... If you don't have a sales team, we will actually come in and sell for you. So you've heard the old saying, those who cannot do, teach. Well, we actually put our money where our mouth is and we'll come in and if you don't have a sales team, 
will champion your product as if we were actually your employees and sell it for you and again move that needle forward interesting well we might have to if you have enough time love to explore how that works because i've seen plenty of examples where outsourcing your sales has not worked so i would be curious to know your approach to it and 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 why you found success with it but we'll get to that in a minute so all right well thank you for doing those two things what i wanted to get into today is is a conversation around sales training like you i know hundreds of people who are quote sales trainers and 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 i my observation is most of it's typical average schluck. I mean, it's it's boring stuff. It's 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 teaching people the way we were talking about at the top of the show to follow this very complicated ornate process and follow these strict scripts. In my view, training mostly has been done to make people think that the person they're trying to sell is not a human being, and and so, but but obviously that's not the approach you take. So walk me through. I mean, set the bar here. Why is sales training so important? And and, and frankly, why do companies need to continue to invest more into their sales department? Well, that, that that's a very good question. So let me answer that last part of the question. Why do companies need to? invest in their sales training. The same way that you need to invest in your R&D, if you're coming out with new product, you need to move that new product. If you're coming out with innovative ideas, you need to get that innovative idea to the marketplace. And I tell all my clients, you can have the best idea in the world, but if it's also the best kept secret, nobody cares. You have to get it in front of people. You have to get people using it. And not only is it just selling it to them, but you have to communicate why they need it. Because how many times have we bought things, and you know whether it be clothes or a subscription to an online, whatever it is, and then just never warn them or, or, or use the subscription. So it's not just about selling it to them. It's about explaining to them what it is that it is. So, so if, if you don't have your, your sales staff properly trained and constantly trained when you're coming out with new and innovative ideas, they're not going to be able to service your clientele in the best manner possible. And getting back to the top of that question... What, what, what it is that we do differently. We don't have necessarily a set structure that we follow and, okay, this is, the, this is the rose garden way. Again, every industry is different. Sales in a general, they fo- it follows the same formula in a nutshell. You know, you start off with your prospect, whether you prospect them or prospecting, cold calling, whatever it is, but you have your initial contact with them. And then you move into, you know, your needs analysis and your discovery through to the pitch through to, you know, your objection handling and closing, uh, and then you can move on to your delivery. So, I mean, almost every sale follows pretty much that formula. So why complicate it? Why make it any different as far as, oh, you know, we've got the Rose Garden way, other than just simply sitting down with people and looking at what their strengths and weaknesses are and, and really motivating them to communicate with the client in the best way possible. I think the most important thing you've said is this idea that it has to be ongoing training, or as you said, retraining. I don't think it's a situation, and what I think is a far too common occurrence in business is a, a new rep joins the sales force, they get trained, and then boom, the training process ends. They never get trained again, and I think that is a horrible mistake. This process never ends, right? I mean, training should be an ongoing thing as long as that person is selling for that organization, yeah? I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, and I'll give you my personal example. I never stop learning. I mean, uh, every time I walk into a bookstore, I head instantly for the business section and they've got the smallest, tiniest sales section with the sales subsection within that uh, business department. And, you know, I pick up the books and, you know, if, if it even somewhat strikes a chord with me, I purchase it and I read it. 
because I, I and I say this to everybody, you know, I'm going to learn one of two things, either something new and innovative and something that I haven't looked at in the past and then that, that I can incorporate into my training or number two, something that I say, well, well that's clearly not going to work. And then, you know, I just have a better handle of what some other people are teaching. I, again, you know, further that there's not a video on YouTube. There's not a blog article, not another sales trainer that I have not subscribed to their newsletter. I, I just take in information as, as the best I can. And that's the only way that I can properly train individuals. So, you know, you made the comment that, you know, you hire a new sales rep, you train them and boom, you send them out. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is I've gone to companies where, you know, it's like they, they hire a new person and it's, you know, drink from the fire hose. They just throw the person out into the world and say, all right, go learn. That's, in my opinion, one of the worst ways because all, all they're going to do is pick up a bunch of bad habits and, and that's the, what they determine as training. So, so the initial training is probably flawed and then they never are retrained and then companies wonder why their sales teams either aren't performing or are having really bad results as far as, oh, when we close the deal, the, the client was unhappy. It's, well, your salesperson may or may not have lied to them. They probably just have a very bad understanding of what your process is. So training, not only the initial part has to be very thorough and appropriate, but just, again, like, like I said again, you know, it has to be ongoing. You have to sharpen that tool to, to stay sharp. Well, what is, this may be an impossible question to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> what is the proper way to do ongoing training? I mean, is it an annual thing? Do you say, all right, every January we're going to, we're going to gather everyone in a room and we're going to teach them new stuff or, or reteach them? Or is it a more fluid process than that? I mean, it's a, it's a, obviously it depends on what you're selling and it depends on the, right. on the, on the structure of the organization. But is there a, maybe the better question to ask is what is, what is the appropriate mindset when you're thinking about ongoing training and retraining? Well, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of a two pronged approach in my opinion. So, or, well, you know, maybe a, a three-pronged approach. So the, f the first one is, you know, you should always have some sort of annual kind of get-together and, you know, where, where were we last year as far as our metrics? Have we met our goals for this year? And you should have something like that. And it should all be, have, have a, not necessarily a training theme, but more so of a growth theme. Not just, you know, you, you, you sit in front of the shareholders and you know everyone pats themselves on the back about oh we did uh, we, we met our kpis or you know all this other corporate buzzwords that just you know are meaningless but uh, what, I, what i'm really suggesting is that you know you have a once an annual something where everyone kind of gets together gets to share ideas and really understand as to okay this is what i did last year this is what this individual did last year you know these were this is what was successful this is what was unsuccessful so that's one the second prong approach is it needs to be a weekly thing in addition to that. Because if you do it just once a year, you know, you know you're, you're full of piss and vinegar the first day after you're back from your convention, and then you fall back into your old habits. So when you have it weekly, and, and I'm a big fan of Monday morning meetings, you know, you, you get into the office, you, you shake off the rust from, from the weekend, get everybody in the right mindset, get them to adhere to their goals or, or, or admit to what, where, what they uh, messed up on in the previous week and, and let's move forward and, and just sharpen those. Those meetings shouldn't really last more than an hour, the entire meeting and the training aspect of that, the training portion that should be about roughly 20 minutes because past that people are just going to start getting bored, especially salespeople. Uh, salespeople have a very good habit of zoning out and being, you know, kind of off the wall type of personalities. So keep it short and sweet and simple. But then the third prong I would say is, you know, it's a daily development 
for you as a sales individual, regardless of whether you're a VP of sales, top down, whether you're just a, a sales agent fresh into it, you need to constantly be looking to learn every single day, every single call that you go on, you know, take a minute and analyze what you did right, what you did wrong. And also prior to stepping into a call, you'd be surprised sales calls don't go that differently as much as everyone wants to tell you that they do. I was uh, doing a training seminar the other day and the, the gentleman that I was training kept telling me, oh, every single call is different, every single call is different. And I asked him for his past 10 calls. We, we analyzed them and I said, look, they follow all the same formula. Yeah, the product that you suggest to them at the end of it might be a little bit different, but look at the steps. They're all identical. You can prepare for this very, very quickly. Understand what your client's weaknesses are that you're walking into prepare for that. And that in itself is training. You're training your brain to think in a certain way so that when your client pulls out their objection or your, sorry, your prospect pulls out that objection, you're already prepared for it. It's nice, fluid, and seamless. All right. Ali Mirza will return after this short break. We'll be right back. In today's workplace, business leaders face significant pressure to recruit and retain the best employees, to effectively build a team, to create a culture that is healthy productive and dynamic, and to empower their staff in managing stress and finding balance. And behind all those pressures is one goal, to strengthen and grow the business. And too many organizations struggle with this. Unlimited Coaching Solutions provides customized strategies and training to help reach your goals and take your teams to the next level. Call them today at 585-248-9322 or find them online at unlimitedcoaching.com. All right, I am back with Ali Mirza, the president of Rose Garden Consulting. All right, what you just talked about right before the break was how most sales calls actually follow a pretty similar path. And and it was a, it, you kind of ruined the next question I was going to ask because I wanted to get into the sales process development thing because I'm a guy that hates a sales process. I hate some organization saying, here is the official sales process for our organization. Here is the exact stages of the sales cycle. Here are the scripts that you're supposed to read. Here are all the different things. If they say this, then you do that. I hate that. And the reason is because I think it trains people to treat people not like humans, like we talked about at the top of the show. Now, that said, we all know that there is a sales process. When I reflect on how I go to market with someone and how I sell them, yeah, absolutely there is. There is a pretty standard, quote, process that you follow. So, gosh, how do you draw the fine line between promoting and teaching and training and retraining a, a, a sales process, but also be encouraging your reps to be able to pivot when they need to and, and do, in fact, engage with the, with the prospect as a human being? I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question. Okay, so here, here's the way that that actually works. You do absolutely need a process. So the, the example I give everybody is you wouldn't build a house without any blueprints. And so to send a new salesperson out into the field that doesn't see the sales cycle from start to finish, they are wandering through a forest without a map, without a compass, and they have absolutely no clue how to get out of it. That's why the process is so important to have written down on paper so that someone can see it. That's, that's really the most important part about it is so that you can say, okay, this is where I start, this is where I finish. The mistake that a lot of people make with those things is they, they, they cement you in there and tell you this is the only way. It's 
absolutely incorrect. There is no one perfect way. What works best for me may or may not work best for you. But if I can show you what that whole, what the end vision, what that house looks like at the end, you're going to have a much better way. You're going to create that house the way you want to. You know, there's of course some appropriate first steps and, and some steps that you have to take. You have to put the foundation in first, then you got to frame it, then you got to, you know, run all your internal plumbing, wiring, all that stuff, heating, then you got to put the drywall, etc. on that. Once you understand that, well, whether you use a specific method to do certain things, that's, that's fine. So when you create scripts and you tell your salespeople, you have to read this verbatim, that's where people go wrong. You create a script and say that, look, this is why I placed these words here. Explain to them your thought behind the script because inevitably they will personalize it and you want them to personalize it. If they follow it verbatim, there are certain words that I use that just naturally roll off the tongue for me versus for you, that may not be the case. And that's exactly the point that people miss is that, again, that's how you're getting them out of the conversational mode. But if I tell you what you need to speak as far as the conversation and how that should look, and then tell you, okay, go have fun with it, be free with it. You're going to understand wh what points you need to draw out of me, what sort of answers you need to encourage me to you know, make and things of that nature. But you're going to ask me the, your questions in your own manner and what you feel is most appropriate for that situation. And I think that, so, so, it's, so you really have to balance the two. You do have to create a process. You do have to do all that stuff and have it cemented so when your new salesperson comes on, they don't know what they're doing. They're not going and making stuff up on their own. So it's a little bit of quality control in that as well. But on the flip side, you do have to give your salespeople the latitude to, you know, kind of personalize it, make themselves treat them like adults, treat your salespeople like adults so that they treat your clients like adults and everything works out properly that way. Sounds like you and I are roughly in the same mindset there that, you know, it's the old Eisenhower uh, idea of, oh, the plan itself is probably useless, but the process of creating the plan is the real important work there. So is that a fair assessment? I would say so, yes. I mean, again, you know, when you create a script, tell them, okay, I said these words in this formation, this is why. Because when you say these words, it will elicit this sort of response. Or, you know, and once you explain that to them, that person will say, okay, so clearly the, the, the reason for those words in that string is because I'm trying to elicit this response. Well, then your salesperson can then say, well, I'm more comfortable saying it like this. It still elicits the same response. So... Perfect. And, but yet now they're more comfortable at it. It's more, more natural and fluid. So that's kind of what, where I'm going with that. But yes, to, so to answer your question, yes, that's a fair, fair assessment. Yeah, okay. I'm barely scratching the agenda you and I had planned out here, which means we'll probably have to have you back on the show to keep on talking. But what I want to wrap on today is a discussion around sales managers. I think that they do more damage than 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 are helpful. I, I and we all know why because oftentimes a very successful sales rep gets promoted to a sales manager and this is not a right not a good role for them. Right. But the, but there's all kinds of problems with that in, in in what I've observed and there's obviously a lot of very very brilliant sales managers. I think there's a couple of things to think about. Is is and one of the reasons I hate CRMs is I think they're 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 utilized more often as a club with which a sales manager can beat some sales rep over the head. Instead of using it and teaching them how to use it as a, as a productivity tool and improve efficiencies, it's used as a as an, in a punitive way. Talk about that. Talk about how to manage expectations. Because uh, I always hate 
hearing people complain, oh my gosh, it's the end of the quarter and I've got to be up till midnight because i got to, uh, what a miserable existence in sales to be living in that kind of environment. Talk about how to motivate your salespeople. Uh, and then I think probably the important thing to close on that is maybe you ought to be more of a coach than a manager. What, talk about all that. Let's get into that. Right. So, I mean, that's a sales manager and sales coach, those are, you know, from what I've found in, a, in an organization are typically one role. They expect your sales manager to manage the teams, and then they expect your sales managers to also train, which is what a coach would do. The, the concern there becomes is that the person may be a good manager, but they're a terrible coach, and then so some, everyone just loops them into, you know, they're, they're a terrible manager. No, they may be a very good manager. That, you know, they, they make sure that everyone's on target, everyone's, you know, closing in on their metrics appropriately. But again, the coach is... There, there should be, in my opinion, once you start to get into some sort of a larger sales organizations, there should be three sort of you know upper tier management type roles before you get into director and VP of sales. The one should be these are, these should be three separate people: sales trainer, uh, which is you know someone an individual that will take care of your onboarding, things of that nature, training them initially, getting them going, teaching them about the product. This, this individual will be, will be a little more reserved. Think of them more of an HR type of mentality. Still has to be a salesperson, but a little bit more reserved. Your sales manager, this is going to be more of your bean counter type personality. Again, still has to be a salesperson, but you know, again, still reserved. This individual will take care of the day-to-day, making sure that nobody's you know, quality control, nobody's doing anything crazy, you know, and, and everyone's on target to hit their metrics. Your sales coach, now this is the one that nobody seems to have. But probably the most important thing, this is the individual that kind of goes out into the field with your agents, does all the right things with your agents, teaches them the sales skills, their past product knowledge. I can't stand when companies call people in and say, all right, we're going to do some sales training. And then, you know, it's three, three hours of sales training. But really, the first two hours and 45 minutes was product knowledge. They told you about the new TPS reporting system and they told you about this, that and the other. And it's like, well, what is the customer going to get out of this? What is the client going to get out of this? How am I going to pitch this to the prospect? What is going to be my close? What are going to be my objections? They never go over those things. So your sales coach is the one that is your all-star killer salesperson that, you know, you cannot trap behind a desk, but yet you want to motivate them. You want to uh, reward them with some sort of a promotion, but then you put them in a wrong role, which is a sales manager role. Like to, to your point, you know, they're an all-star salesperson, but they're not, you know, manager material. So this individual is a coach. They go out. They're still selling. They're selling with your, your salespeople, teaching them how to do that. And really, the only person that's looking at the CRM is your sales manager. I am uh, very much an advocate against CRMs. I think that they're awesome as far as, you know, okay, I touched base with uh, Billy Bob and made sure that, you know, I sent him out the report or I sent him out the proposal, et cetera. But when you start looking at your CRM to tell you why, you're not hitting your numbers, you know, that's, that's your first step. And numbers don't tell the whole story. Numbers tell you strictly what the results are. They, they do not tell you why. And you may, you may try and pretend that it is. And so then you come back and say, oh, you didn't touch base with this individual. Call him. Call this person and, and send out the proposal. Well, I mean, if it was just as simple as that, your salesperson would have sent out the proposal. There's a reason why they're not sending out the proposal. You need to look at the why. Why have your salespeople not made enough calls that maybe they don't have the skill set, maybe they don't have the confidence, maybe they know something that an objection is about to arise and they just don't want to have to face it head on. And that's where people, people get bogged down. I think CRMs are uh, a really nice, fancy calendar 
and you really need to treat them just like that. And when you start looking at the sales automation and saying that, oh, I'm going to go get this off of LinkedIn, I'm going to go do this off of Twitter, all for my CRM, and I'm not going to spend any time on, on hard sales skills, that's, you're, you're going in the wrong direction, my friend. Well, gosh, it is, <laughs> you and I are, are in sympathetical there. I, I, I mean, I've had, a, I've had an associate browbeat me and say, why didn't you get that proposal to the guy? I said, because his kid just got diagnosed with leukemia last week. I'm waiting a while. Exactly. You know, and that's the human side of it. And, and, and I could send that proposal and I could check off the appropriate box and, and it, it can be recognized by management. Oh, he did that when he was supposed to in the window, according to the official process. But the fact remains is that my prospect ain't going to look at that for, for weeks or months. And it'll, it'll get never, you know. emails and it'll never get found. Right, right. So and that's okay. Well, shoot. Again, <laughs> these are all things we could talk for hours on. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today. I'm, I promise you, audience, uh, we barely scratched the agenda that we had laid out for this conversation. So, Ali, I think we're going to have to have further conversations down the road to continue these important conversations. So I am grateful for your time today. Before I let you go for this conversation, where can people go to, to contact you should they have any questions and learn about all the important work you're doing at Rose Garden Consulting? You can find me on my site. That's rosegardenconsulting.com. My Twitter handle is at RGC Sales. You know, you can always drop me a line. I'm more than happy to talk to people. I'm, I'm the type of guy that just loves talking about sales one way or another. So anytime you want me back, Todd, I'm more than happy. All right. Ali Mirza, the president of Rose Garden Consulting. Ali, grateful again for your time. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much, Todd. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Ali Mirza, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business.